everybody, it is time for Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Casey Phillips here with senior writer and editor Scott Smith. And as always, this is where we take all of your questions, thoughts, comments, all of that. And definitely, I know this is the time of year we enter where we have a lot of those because we have everything with free agency and draft and re-signing people, new people and trades and all these things that this is when we get to be sort of uh, analytical and hypothetical about everything. So there's all, a whole bunch of stuff you guys can ask us about. If you're not already watching on the Facebook page, head on over there and you can submit your questions for us there. Um, before we get to all of that, uh, of course, we have incredibly sad news that we need to um, address and just that I, I wanted us to be able to talk about a little bit with the news of the passing of, of Vincent Jackson, former Buccaneers wide receiver. And uh, Scott, I just figured we can start with you giving some of your thoughts on, on that news and, and what he meant to this franchise and city. Well, I think my initial thought is the same as everybody else. And that's or my reaction, I guess you would say, and that's incredible shock. Um, you know, the, this franchise has been around for 45 years and so and, and has had thousands of players and at some times you're going to lose them. But you would not have guessed Vincent Jackson if you were told that somebody had passed away, a former player, um, only 38 years old, uh, just incredibly highly respected inside the organization, outside the organization, throughout the community for all the work that he's done, certainly among all the military families that he helped. Um, just, just shocking and obviously very, very sad, sad for his family. Um, you know, and there's not much more I can say. I, 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 just, I know the people that really, really had a connection with him, um, said things on Twitter and elsewhere, like Mike Evans and, and Gerald McCoy and people like that. And, and, uh, you know, I think their, their words say a lot about how much he meant to so many people. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, and I, I, one of the things I love about my role with the organization is how much I tend to cover those community events um, and do sort of the off field stories. And one of the very first stories I did when I started here was about Vincent opening his cast <laughs> restaurant, him giving yeah. me a tour. And I just, it, I remember that story realizing he talked about how he had personally gone and selected some of the reclaimed material that they were using in the ceiling of this restaurant and just seeing all these little details that he focused on and it showed why he was so good on the field and then it carried over to off the field where this wasn't something where he just kind of put his name on it he cared about everything that he did it was always something near and dear to his heart and he was so welcoming to me and i mean he was such a vet by that point a big name player super successful he didn't need to do videos he didn't need to help us with some of that stuff but he was always so willing um, to do that and made it so fun and um, I got to cover his military events he did and the baby shower he and his wife would throw for the military moms and um, you could just tell the, the genuineness behind it and how much he cared and how much he meant to a lot of those players and there's been so, so much turnover in this organization that I think there's only something like eight players that were here when he was here um, but he made a mark for a very long time on everybody that uh, came into contact with him so yes we were praying for his family and everybody that was close to him but we just wanted to make sure we started with a bit of a tribute to a guy who was a great football player and an even better guy off the field and, and impacted Tampa in huge ways. Um, yeah, you were right to start with his community work and the stuff he did off the field, but uh, it's also worth noting what a great player he was and one of the best free agent signings, most successful free agent signings the Buccaneers have ever made. Um, so uh, just a real pro on and off the field. Absolutely. Um, so now as we start moving to some of these questions, that I know everybody has, again, if you're just joining us, if you have questions for our show, uh, you can go ahead and put them in the comment section underneath the Facebook live video. Uh, of course, I saw, I knew we'd be getting this one pretty quickly. Uh, JJ Watt. JJ Watt. <laughs> <laughs> we had a feeling that was going to be a start. Uh, Bryce started out asking, um, is JJ Watt a possibility? He brought up the idea of he thought of it as will Shaq, he added it with will Shaq be back? And then I, I just figured in general, that would be an interesting place to start of, 
where if you know as people look at is JJ Watt a good fit here how you see what position in this defense and that sort of thing well uh just from a fit I think JJ Watt would be a great uh edge rusher sort of inside outside guy in Todd Bowles defense and a year ago I would have easily and quickly dismissed this Uh, they're just saying it's very unlikely that the Buccaneers will go after JJ Watt but after what Jason Light and Bruce Arians and their staffs did last year. Every time the possibility of something came up like Rob Gronkowski or Leonard Fournette or Antonio Brown, uh, it felt easy to dismiss it. And then it happened. So I think after last year, I'm going to be a little less quick to dismiss concepts like this. I still think it's unlikely. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But I think that the questioner there had it had it uh, probably framed the right way uh, if for some reason, Shaquille Barrett was not re-signed, that would make it more likely. But I don't know if the timetable is going to work there because he's J.J. Watt is already actively searching for a new home. And you see plenty of reports with him being linked to various teams that are possible signings. So J.J. Watt might sign somewhere before we know what's going to happen with Shaq Barrett. Yeah, I think, I think given the salary cap and the incredible number of free agents we have, including some very important ones, I think the majority of our work is going to be done trying to keep what we have intact. And uh, so it, it makes it seem less likely to have big signings like a JJ Watt. Yeah, which is perfect. Cause our next question uh, was from Michael who said, what is the realistic expectation of keeping the boys together now that we're a couple of days past celebrations and we start looking towards next season. So yeah. what are the likelihood and what is the salary cap situation when it comes to all of that? Well, the salary cap situation isn't completely in stone yet. I know there's been a lot of reports it'll be about 180 million, but then we also have the uh, recent reports that the NFL and their broadcast partners are uh, getting close to new 10-year deals, which could include a whole new infusion of of you know dollars that could be possibly spread around uh, in different ways to sort of make up for the impact of the pandemic and and maybe push that salary cap just up just a little bit, which would help the Buccaneers and a lot of teams, of course. Um, I think it's relatively realistic to expect to get most, probably not all, but most of the Bucks' key free agents back, just because there's a lot of motivation on both sides. I mean, you heard it at the parade. You've, you've heard players say it. I think now I've heard Indomitian Sue, Chris Godwin, Levante David, uh, Shaq Barrett. I'm pretty sure I heard all of them say at some point or another that they do want to continue here with the Buccaneers. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to give some great, big, huge hometown discount, but it could be more along the lines of how you structure your deals to make all of them fit together. So I think the the fact that there's a lot of belief that this team could chase another championship next year and maybe, you know, for a few years possibly um, is, is a good motivating factor in the right direction. I still, some of these guys are definitely going to get paid though. I mean, I have to also imagine that getting to have a boat parade in February <laughs> doesn't hurt. You know, when you look at these different cities you're choosing from, I just feel like, you know, I, yeah. I feel like, how do you not want to live in Tampa? As a I, Yeah. I got relatives um, shoveling their driveways this week. So um, yeah. you know, we, we've had our air conditioning on. So <laughs> I think I'd prefer to be here. Yeah, I feel like this winter storm that has swept most of the country is probably helping our free agent cause. <laughs> um, all right, so we had a question from Justin who said, uh, do you see us drafting a running back in the first round? Um, if some of the guys, uh, or he said, let's see, or if he said ETN from Clemson, if uh, we're still on the board at that point. So it looks like maybe just some first round priorities he's wondering about. Yeah, ETN and, and um, Najee Harris of Alabama, they both are guys that are projected to possibly be around in the second half of the draft. Uh, um, you know, running back in the first round, 
sometimes feels like a bit of a luxury pick, but the Bucks are in a position to make a luxury pick now. Again, though, it's it's. I think we're going to be saying this to just about all these personnel questions for the next couple months. It largely depends on what happens. Does Leonard Fournette come back? Because you, if you have Leonard Fournette back and Ronald Jones and Keyshawn Vaughn, I think you probably could use your first round pick on something else. Um, you it's know, we talk about every year how much a lot of the front office people wish you could switch the draft and free agency order. And I feel like this is the first year that it's actually kind of nice for us <laughs> to have free agency first, that we do have so many guys that we like and want to bring back that this is the first time it feels more like this is good that we're going to know the free agency situation right. before the draft. I don't know yeah, because I think you'd rather have Chris Godwin than any receiver you could take at 32. Um, but, the, the, you know, if you for, for some reason lose Chris Godwin, that does put that on the table. Right. Yeah. Um, Samuel asked, do you think the Bucks will do a lot of short-term deals and wait until next year when the cap is more to sign longer deals? That makes some sense. And, and I think that could work with some guys. I mean, I believe in Dominican Sue, for instance, has signed three straight one-year deals counting the Rams, but there's some guys that aren't going to want one-year deals. I, I think Shaq Verrett as an example, really wants to get a long-term deal done at this point. I would think Chris Godwin, who, who has so far only played on his um, rookie contract, would want a long-term deal. Of course, there's the option using the franchise tag on one of those guys, which could end up being a one-year deal. Um, it, I think the questioner makes a good point. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, you just have to have motivation on both sides. Um, Christopher had asked, do you see us trading down or up or staying at 32? Yeah, I could see us trading down. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, you're already at 32. It's practically the second round. If you could like let's say you could trade down five or 10 picks and reclaim the fourth rounder that you gave up to get Rob Gronkowski. Um, that's probably a good move, particularly because it's, you know, the Buccaneers aren't going into this draft with a giant glaring need. I think they clearly needed to get a, a tackle last year. Um, and, and everybody kind of knew that. Um, I don't see that here. So you would think that there are a bunch of positions on the board. And when that, with that being the case, it probably doesn't hurt you at all to move down five or 10 picks. So if somebody's really motivated to, to move up and give you a third or fourth round pick, I think it makes a lot of sense. Okay. And uh, Richard asked, are there any assistant coaches going to other teams for promotions? Yeah, I think, I think the Lions made it official maybe today or yesterday that Antoine Randall is our new wide receivers coach. So good for him. Uh, we loved having him. It's too bad that he's gone, but that's great for him. I have not heard of any others. <clears throat> and how much is that going to impact this team's ability to have success again next year? I think we talk a lot about re-signing players. Um, in your mind, how big of a factor is bringing back coaches? You always hear every single time uh, how much a team values continuity when it's going into a training camp and it has the same coordinators in particular um, running the same systems. So I think it's a, it's a huge benefit to the Buccaneers. We, I think we saw a little bit of that last year. You know, there was, a little, there was the big transition with Tom Brady, your quarterback, um, you know, fitting into the system. But otherwise, the defense under Todd Bowles, you know, they had most of the crew back and the same schemes. And I think you saw how that paid off. So it's definitely a plus for the Bucs. Um, don't, get, don't get used to it, though, because I'm not sure that's going to last that long. Great. Uh, we were also asked, uh, who do you think is the successor uh, after Brady? Uh, I don't think we can answer that question yet, because first of all, how many years are we talking about? Uh, you know, he seems to be motivated to play beyond two years. That would require another contract for that to happen in Tampa. Um, but a lot can happen between then and now. The Bucks could use a draft pick on a quarterback, certainly. Um, Coach Arians did talk about Blaine Gabbert the other day, though, how much he thinks, you know, he could 
how highly he thinks of him. And, and that's a possibility. I mean, we are talking about a former very high first round pick. So we've all seen his arm talent on the field. He played well in that stint that he had in Detroit. I don't know if that's a big enough sample to really, you know, know what you got, but uh, I think there's a lot of confidence in him. And uh, Jared asked, do you see the Rams as being the biggest challenger in the NFC next season? Uh, I think that would, I think I'd have to go with green Bay to be honest with you. I mean, what they were the team standing there at the end with the Buccaneers. They had the first, they had the home field advantage in the first round by, I know the Rams have an excellent defense and now they have Matt Stafford um, that, you know, they're definitely going to be a top contender, I would think. Um, but I think I would go with green Bay first. Uh, and then we'll close with this one. Richard asked, if we do get a chance to re-sign most of our guys, what would you say is the biggest need on the team? I think probably not just next year, but moving forward, the Buccaneers could use um, some help on the edges on defense, you know, some edge rushers uh, or, a, a, you know, one guy that you could develop into a special player. Uh, that's not easy to get when you're picking as low as 32, though. So um, otherwise, I don't know. There's, they're just not glaring needs, right? I mean, the offensive, like <laughs> yeah, the offensive line is in great shape. Maybe you want another uh, inside linebacker to start preparing for the hopefully not too soon days when you don't have Levante David. Uh, but I don't know. He should be around for a while. It's a pretty solid roster up and down. So, I, you know, a dynamic kick returner would be nice, uh, but that's not something you're going to go after in the first round, I don't think. So uh, I think this feels like the same question as what should the Bucks go after in the first round? And to me, the probably the best way to go is, is outside linebacker, edge rusher. Right. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us on this edition of Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. We are here with you every week, all off season, taking all these amazing questions. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you next time. <laughs>